I'm Matilda. Hi, I'm Krishna, and this is On the Same Page. Okay. Um, do, you to, do you want to be M or do you want to be Emily? Sorry. Hey, <laughs> M. Okay. <laughs> this week we're very excited to induce. Oh uh, my god. Induce. Induce. Start again. Welcome to this week's episode of On the Same Page. Uh, we're so excited this week to have a brand new special guest in the form of wonderful bookstagrammer M at Reading in Bloom. Hi, everyone. Hi. We're very excited to have you. Um, it's so nice to have other bookstagrammers to chat all things Instagram and books and book loving with. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, so, how's your week been? What have you been reading, both of you? I'm currently reading Mexican Gothic, and then on my Kindle, I'm reading um, Dare to Drive, which is um, a nonfiction about. Um, a female activist in Saudi Arabia who drove um, and when she wasn't allowed to. So it's really interesting. So I like to read a fiction and a non-fiction at the same time. So one uh, great thing about Em and her account is that it's not just about books. She talks about activism, racism, and she even has a little special feature called Femin Bloom, where she talks about sexism, um, what, it's like, what it's like to be a female in the world and things like that. It's really good. It's very interesting. You definitely Thank go have a look. You. Yeah, I need to do another one of those. Um, have one planned, um, like women in Islam, and I thought like being Ramadan, it'd be a good time to highlight bookstagrammers. But yeah, that series need to get back on it. But as I'm sure you guys know, having like projects, um, little side projects and stuff, just take up a lot more of your time sometimes than you think. Um, but yeah, I want to keep doing those. So I am reading Stag, and it's very good. It's basically about it's like a dark book set in a private school high school type thing it's very good and i've almost finished it and i'm very excited there was a i took a trip to my local waterstones the other day um which is like my favorite waterstones ever and i spent about an hour and a half in there (laughs) um but i was just i literally looked at pretty much every single book i think and there was one that i was so tempted to buy purely because it was a hardback and the cover was really like marbled all like pink and black and then the edges were completely sprayed all this like marbled pink black goldy colors and oh it was so gorgeous I didn't buy it because it was like 20 quid or something because it was a half it was like a special I think it was signed by the author maybe so I couldn't afford it I was so tempted just because of those such pretty edges I'm obsessed have you guys seen the um house on the edge of the cerulean seat that book I've heard yes yeah that's I wanted to buy it. The payback is £12. Because it's just like, I don't know when it came out, but I've just seen it over books in the, like the past month. Definitely. Like, I hadn't really heard of it before at all. And then I've seen everyone talking about how wholesome and how cute it is. Yeah. But £12, like, wow. The paperback is 20 and I refuse to pay £12 for a hardback, let alone a paperback. Not especially, like, long, is it? Like, page-wise. I think it's, like, mm. 250 pages or something like that. I wonder why it's so expensive. Has it won some awards? Mm, I don't think so, but even then, I don't think it would make it £12. No. I wonder because if of the height. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just going to say, I wonder if they'd known that all of a sudden 
everyone on Bookstagram's Bookstagram gone. Bookstagram is going mad for it. Yeah, so they're putting the price up. That's quite funny. Um, no, it just says a New York Times and USA Today bestseller. Mm, just especially expensive then. It's a bit sad. Um, what am I reading at the moment? Oh, I'm reading the sanatorium. I'm reading the sanatorium. Yes, um, by Sarah Pierce. How are you finding that? I'm not very far into it. I don't think I, I've, I've like I've read the prologue and that's it so far. Just because I've had a a really really hectic week, but I mean it looks brilliant as like a I love like a thriller mystery kind of like dark kind. Of, um, I feel like we're all quite similar in that sense. 100%. I read it in about four days. It was so, so it was good. you read it too quick that I couldn't buddy read that with you because you're <laughs> such a quick reader. I think you you had like G on here as the last guest who is like the quickest reader oh God, in, yes. in existence. Like, I'm so jealous. She just consumes it all. She has a bath, reads a book, next day, has a bath, reads a book. Like, <laughs> but she's busy, like, she's doing stuff, like, but she manages her time still to read all these books and I'm so jealous I know I wish I could just sit down and just devour a book like all in one because I have yeah. so many books that I want to get onto and read but I just think oh no I've got to read this book before I start so yeah I wish I could read as quickly as Jay although yeah Krishna you do read very fast also you read a lot more books in a month than I do <laughs> I read more than I did my um, wrap-up photo before I came back to uni with the, like, assuming that I wouldn't read more than the books I'd taken a photo of because I didn't want to bring them all back. Um, and now I'm likely to have two other books which I'm just going to have to put in a separate photo being like, I forgot to take pictures of these because I didn't think I'd read them. Yeah. See, I never even bother with, mo- with monthly wrap-ups because I literally, at the moment, I'm reading like one or two books a month and I'm just like, yeah, I've I've never done a, a video like no IGTV wrap up. Oh, I, I, I literally just do a photo, uh, like an Instagram. I need post. to do yeah, I need to do a photo because I actually have had quite a good reading month. Um, this month April's been pretty good, but the other ones I say sometimes it's just like two books and it's there like don't really think you can call that a wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Any amount of reading is a wrap up. That is true. It is yeah, and I think sometimes we're too harsh on ourselves, aren't we? Like, you know. I do wish I could read more, but like I still should be happy about the reading that I've got done and the books I've chosen to read and things like that. So Bookstagram can get a bit com- competitive, even though people don't mean to compete. But sometimes it makes you feel like, ah, I want to read that much. But yeah, you happy. kind of put, you kind of do it to yourself as opposed to actually like people saying that you're not reading enough. It just kind of happens yourself. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a self comparison thing. It's not. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. My books this month have been like a mixture of the whole star ratings. Like, <laughs> my first ever one star. Oh, really? What was it? It was Milk and Honey, like by Ruby oh, okay, Yeah. I just didn't. I just didn't get it. And maybe it goes over my head, and I'm not cultured enough, and you know, understand poetry and prose enough. But to me, I was just there, like, what is this? I did not. Was this the one that you fell asleep to? Yeah, and then my boyfriend took that horrible photo of me asleep <laughs> reading it. Um, but yeah, I did read it when I was awake as well. And yeah, just don't understand the hype. But then I had a five-star Dominicana for me was great. Yeah. Um, 
read that quite quickly for my standards. And yeah, I enjoyed that. So it's been a mixture of a month, but it's good. It's good. You, you can't read five stars all the time. Mm-hmm. I've got Milk and Honey because my friend got it for me for my birthday in summer, but I haven't read it yet. I think because for me, poetry is not like a book I would read as a book. I'm more likely to like read parts of it at a time. Dip in and out of it, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't like, like not reading two books at a time. It's just when I'm in the mood, I want to read it. Like um, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Hound. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't also read yet. I love that. I love that so much. What by Charlie Maxey? 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 I know. I love that so much. I've got, I've got like two giant prints of like pages from that book just because I just, I love it so much. And he's, um, he's actually coming to speak at my uni this term and I might go meet him and just be like, I love your book. (laughs) I do. I need to read more nonfiction though. I like yeah I love my non-fiction yeah I probably read but I'd say a balance maybe to be fair a little bit more non-fiction actually it just depends um but I always like to have two on the go one non-fiction one fiction sometimes I get confused if it's two fiction the characters all (laughs) but I try and have yeah a non-fiction and a a fiction but there's some really good non-fiction out there and I think you can follow like specific accounts on bookstagram that just do non-fiction that might be useful to get some more recommendations because yeah. Instagram tends to be more fiction and prize-winning fiction as well, mm. um, other than the smaller smaller authors and non-fiction. But yeah, there's lots of really good, interesting non-fiction that I like. What's your favourite ever non-fiction book? Uh, it's the one that I did on our little video that Krishna did. Um, it's Modern History by Blair Imani who's a historian and educator based in America. And she um, was like championing women and non-binary people in this book and all about their achievements, um, especially those from like marginalized communities. And it just kind of was like, basically like a little biography of all these different Mm -hmm. women and non-binary people, but I just learned so much. Um, Some I'd heard of, but the vast majority I hadn't. And it was just a great platform. And it's a lovely book, like hardback, great illustrations, kind of a coffee table book, but one that you would read. Yeah. Um, It's not one that's just there to look nice. It was full of really um, important people. So I'd say that one. Um, But Everyday Sexism, I buddy read that recently. That was really good. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, I think, you know, people interested in feminism, that's a good place to start. And yeah. Most of my nonfiction is going to be about politics or race or feminism, but they're probably my two. But I have got a few more on my shelf that I want to read. I'm trying to read more in May. I want to try and better myself. But even though April's been a really good reading month for me, yeah, I'd like to be just as good or a little bit better, <laughs> even if that means reading short books. <laughs> Honestly, when I went to um, this just made me think of it because it's kind of similar to the modern hair story thing you're talking about. I, when I went to Waterstones yesterday, I went into this. This sums me up. I went into the children's section to look at Jacqueline Wilson, <laughs> which was so random. But I just, I don't know. I just was reminiscing, and they had all these um, really lovely, like illustrated books for children about like important figures. And it's this series, yes, Little People, Big Dreams, and it's got like. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, Frida Kahlo, Malala, Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou. Love Malala. And I actually, I like, I know they're for kids, but I want to buy them so badly and just read them. <laughs> they just, 
they're just they just look so great and they're so lovely and illustrated and just like so like empowering to these people and what they've done and I, I just love it and I really want them I think that Waterstones are really good at like um providing books like that I walked past yeah. Waterstones and they had a whole the whole window display was full of children's um diverse books oh, I love I that when we were kids like I was reading like Biff and Kipper and yeah. all these like <laughs> white people yeah for sure. so to see that like kids now have the option um to learn about you know people who look like them and yeah. believe what they believe in in like books it's really good because it was very whitewashed when we were at school I'm pretty yeah. sure you'll agree definitely um yeah it's important children's literature needs to be more diverse and it's getting there it's definitely getting there yeah when you look at I, I think certainly like I was just thinking what I read when I was younger was that like rainbow magic fairies series I love those <laughs> yeah and thinking back now I think like certainly in like the first I mean there's like hundreds of them now I think but the first ones that released like when I was younger I think were very sort of um whitewashed in a way um but yeah I think as far I think it has gotten more diverse as, like, as she's released more and more and as it's like kind of caught up with the times a bit but no I definitely agree and yeah I just want those little collection of hardbacks because they've got lovely like little cartoon versions of the the like celebrities they're about on the front and they just look so cute <laughs> yeah what's what would you say your favorite fiction book is then um Um, my favorite fiction is angels and demons by dan brown but i kind of realized recently i don't know if i saw it on bookstagram or somebody said it to me when they when i told them i did a bookstagram they were like oh you won't be interested in my reading i read dan brown and I know like everyone hates him and it's like cool to hate Dan Brown books. And I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I don't know why, I don't know why he's got hate. I feel like I've missed this whole. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Life. I don't think he's problematic. I think it's just like, you know, people hate Coldplay <laughs> and maybe they're <laughs> overplayed. Like, so Coldplay on the radio all the time. You hear it all the time. Every shop you go in, there's always Coldplay. And I'm thinking maybe along the same lines with Dan Brown, like every bookshop, every charity shop, there's always Dan Brown, Dan Brown. But yeah. the films were really popular as well. So I, I don't know, but Angels and Demons was just great. I read it quite a while ago now. Um, and Inferno by him was really good. I've only read those Ooh, two. Yeah. I need to read. I've not read The Da Vinci Code, which is like you know crazy that I like Dan Brown I've not read that book but yeah it was the first fat book I read yeah yeah I think that a lot of people started with that yeah because I put it off for so long because I thought it would take me such a long time to read it and I feel like I can't commit to a book if it's going to take me more than like three weeks to read it <laughs> <laughs> not ready for that kind of commitment yeah, from there. I've read the Da Vinci Code I've read Inferno and I've read The Lost Symbol, Symbol yeah because yeah, they're all part of the same yeah Robert Langdon is the name of the like symbologist who's the main character but yeah just someone was there like oh yeah no I mean like if you're into books you won't be into Dan Brown and I was like what so maybe is oh maybe we'll find so some people Pardon? I, finished it, I finished that book within like a week and I was so proud of myself because I was like I thought this would take me ages yeah like they are quite thick and I think you know they're still very popular like I think people do still read them like Stephen King for example obviously super popular but a lot of people are really scared like me included of how thick they are yeah, whereas yeah. with Dan Brown like I think people are like oh yeah like I'll read that but 
you know, because it's just so well known, like it's everywhere and the films are really well known and popular as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was going to say maybe people listening to this will be like, ooh, Dan Brown. Or maybe people will be like, yay, Dan Brown. <laughs> so we'll see if there's any sort of divide. But yeah, I don't see many, much of Dan Brown on Bookstagram, to be fair. I feel like maybe... I mean, I wasn't aware that there was any hate towards him. Personally, I've never read any, read any of his books, but my dad loves them. Um, but, like, I guess it doesn't... They don't have, like, the prettiest or, like, most bookstagram-worthy, so to speak, like, covers, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's probably why we don't see it on Bookstagram. Yeah. Bookstagram's so biased in that way. <laughs> this is also a problem, because everyone's like, don't judge a book by its cover, and then... I know we've said this so many times, like likes and interactions aren't the main thing about why we've got books from, but if you don't post a pretty picture of a book, then it's just not going to get interaction. Yeah. Which really annoys me, and I'm like, I know I shouldn't care about this, but also I was very proud of this picture and no one else seems to like it. Yeah, I think the the balance of like the actual content of the book and the aesthetic of the book, like people read books for different reasons but in my head I'm there like it could have the prettiest cover ever but it could still be a boring book (laughs) you know and vice versa like it can have a proper ugly cover and therefore you won't read it and you're missing out on some actual really good content yeah I did a post about Mexican gothic because I just love this cover I love the green and I really want to read Mexican I just think it's great and yeah it's a little maybe a little bit of a slow burner for me but I am enjoying it about um, nearly halfway through but again like was it the cover that made me pick this up or was it the synopsis and for me it was both (laughs) but everyone in the comments everyone in the comments said it is totally normal to judge a book by its cover so maybe we need to try and get better at that because there's other ugly stuff out there (laughs) which is good and we're missing out on it it's just so hard because like when you're if you're just like browsing a bookstore and there's so much on the shelves like you've got to go for the ones whose covers like draw your eye because like you can't look at every book so yeah it is really difficult you kind of you're gonna miss miss yeah unless there's a book that you know everyone is hyping about even if you've not seen the cover you're not going to be drawn to a book unless the cover is interesting even if it's really ugly but it's really different you're going to be drawn to it yeah at least that applies to me if it's really ugly then I'm more likely to be drawn to it (laughs) or if it's just really unique then I'm likely to be drawn to it. Yeah. Especially if you like collect books and have like collector's editions and you know you're gonna display it on your shelf for a long time and stuff. Yeah. Like I can understand why the cover would be really important. But for me, like again, this might be unpopular, but as soon as I read a book and I've taken the photos that I want of it, I just sell it. <laughs> like I don't keep any books on my shelf. I don't think I'll keep modern history, but everything else I'll just think I'll get rid of. Like I'll donate or I'll um swap it or sell it but yeah I need to make room on my shelf for new books I can't be keeping books I've already read <laughs> I think that's a really good way to way to do it though and I'm, and that's keeping keeping like your yeah your book collection manageable because otherwise I just end up with like all the books I have read all the books I haven't read and just less and less shelf space available yeah like I understand people keeping it if they do reread them but if you're keeping it there and you're not going to reread it I just think oh it, it, you could be taking the space up for a new book <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty of that I don't like getting rid of my books are you attached like, I if, if I, I most of the time when I read it I'm like oh I think I might read this again and then it stays on my shelf for like four years and I've still never picked it up again <laughs> so like I did oh, get, yes. 
a massive get rid of which meant I got rid of like 15 books which isn't even that much <laughs> and I realized that my bookshelf at home is really full and That's... my bookshelf here is also full and I have no space to put any of these books when I get back you need a clear out I'm so yeah I've got like two stacks of books which I kept trying to do in swaps and then I kept forgetting to do anything with them so now they just live on my bedside table not my bedside table on my chest of drawers Mm. until I remember to sell them. I'm tempted to put them on Depop, though. Yeah, I've sold a few books on there. I think it's just, in, it, like, when you're clearing out your wardrobe, but, like, there's that saying, isn't there, like, if you haven't worn it in, like, two years, get rid of it. And yeah. maybe you should apply that to your books, Krishna. <laughs> See, the funny thing is, I'm better at getting rid of clothes in my wardrobe than I am at getting rid of books. I do think it is really hard it. to get rid of books, because I feel like I get so attached. <laughs> if I like me. Yeah. You've got to try and visualise yourself reading it. Yeah. And then you can think, yeah, I'm never going to be in the mood for that book. I'm never going to pick that book up. Then you can I mean, after a few years, like, certain books that, like, will always keep just because they're, like, quite old and because, like, I know people will reread them over a few years and just because we've had them for a while, I'm not going to get rid of them. But, like, newer books, after, like, a year or two, if I haven't picked it up, then I'd probably get rid of it. But it takes, like, two years for me to actually do that. Mm. Who is your favourite author? I'd say my favourite author is Ruth Ware. She's a crime writer and I've read the most of her books. Um, I've read every one of her books except her latest, which I'm hoping to read next month, one by one. But I just really like how it's... It's not too heavy, it's easy reading, and she makes it so atmospheric and so creepy. And I just think all of her books are really good. The characters are well thought out, well developed. The plot twists, you know, I'm never expecting any of the twists, really. And, yeah, I've enjoyed every one of her books, and I hope I'll enjoy the next one. And I've seen some really good things about that and some nice sprayed edges copies. <laughs> unfortunately I don't have a sprayed edge copy so I've only read Return of the Key and I'm scrolling back on my book scroll because I don't think I liked it you didn't I have so yeah I've met some people who uh, they didn't think it was anything particularly special but for me I think I just really enjoy her style of writing with making it so atmospheric and I think she did that mm -hmm. well with Return of the Key and with The Lion Game um, like kind of haunted house vibes and you know creepy characters she just has a way of really making them stand out yeah so I'm a fan of her and she interacts as well with bookstagrammers on uh, twitter and instagram and stuff oh, she's I love like, it when authors do that <laughs> it's so important isn't happy. it I just feel like you know they're not maybe put on this pedestal you know they're still down to earth they're still um you know understand the needs of um of readers and you know Definitely. interacting on social media I think it's important for authors to do that really yeah I think also when you um when authors interact with your content it also kind of makes you feel like they're actually paying attention to what people think of it and they're not just publishing it and then letting it live yeah it's and true it's true it. and again it's just how she sets the scene um is really important I think but she doesn't go overly descriptive mm -hmm. so it kind of bores me do that like I do need some dialogue I do need some action I can't just have like you know a three-page description of like what some dark alleyway looks like <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree I hate I'm really bad with I, it. Hate I always like skim it if it's really over descriptive yeah it just it doesn't 
add anything to me when you know you can do a little bit of course that sets a scene which I think Ruth Ware does really nicely but when it just goes on and on and on repetitive I just need dialogue I need something to happen it oh it's, I did it it was a buddy read that I did with um Moonbloom books um yeah I gave it 4.5 stars so I said atmospheric um yeah and that was it because that was it I read that when like the haunting of Bly Manor was a real big series on Netflix um, so it kind of just gave me those vibes because there was a nanny in the book and obviously there's a nanny in the Haunting of Blind Manor. Um, the characters I really enjoyed, the plot twists, um, I didn't see them coming and there wasn't any like predictable tropes, but I'm quite harsh of my star ratings. I don't know about you two, but to get five, like it's got to be perfect, nothing else. Yeah. So I gave four five because there was just one character who I thought could have been developed a little bit more but I'm really harsh I see some people giving out five stars all the time and that's great you do you but for me I'm more more critical especially with my non-fiction yeah I used to be too nice I think with my reviews and now I've like started like my ratings are now I've like started being a bit more what's the word like tough on my reviews yeah um but I used to be quite nice on mine, and now I've only read one five-star book this month. Or two. One or two. <laughs> so why did okay. you um, join Bookstagram then? Um... So I think it's a really cliche answer, <laughs> but lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the best thing to come out of lockdown, all the reading time that everybody got. Some people wanted to take it to the next level and make a Bookstagram dedicated to reading. Some people just read more than they usually would but I thought I'm, I want to document it I want to engage more people I want to find out more recommendations so a friend in real life said that she had one and I kept seeing it on my personal Instagram and I just kept seeing like my normal kind of everyday Instagram photos and then all of a sudden these really pretty pictures of books and these amazing recommendations and wrap-ups and things and I was there like I need to dedicate a whole account to this so yeah, it was in June. So I, my book di- book's diversary is in June. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did have a question about this. How did you come up with the reading in Bloom name? I was going to ask that too. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> reading in Bloom. So um, it's a bit of a mashup. Reading, obviously, that's what I enjoy doing. And then in Bloom is just the name of one of my favourite songs because my favourite band are Nirvana. And my oh. personal account is Emily in Bloom. And then I just thought reading in Bloom was a bit on brand. And then kind of in Bloom as in it, I'm always growing and I'm blooming, maybe. Oh, <laughs> I like to think this like, a, it's, a, it's a metaphor, but really it's just this, um, you know, it's my favourite song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it can, can also be a nice pretty metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. And I think it, it means that there's maybe a bit more than just books going to be on there. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that Bookstagram came out of the pandemic for so many of us. Like, it's been so nice yeah. to find this little community of book lovers. I love it. Yeah, I, because I just don't know when we would have had the time. Like, we would have obviously come across it, but actually had the time to start it and, like, you know, really get posting the reviews, reading more and things. It only came when we were all, you know, furloughed or whatever, um, you know, off work for ages. 
so yeah that is you know one of the best things to come from sitting in your room for two months (laughs) yeah definitely so um tilly found a would you rather on buzzfeed because she loved buzzfeed um for book notes um i've got one of my own which isn't on there but i'm gonna give it to you anyway and the first one i'm gonna tell you is would you rather someone dog ear your pages or break the spine of your book oh my gosh <laughs> um <laughs> i hate cracked spines yeah nah, 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 nah. So for me, it's a dog ear because it can be more easily solved. You know, you could bend it back the other way, put some pressure on it. Yeah. But when a spine is cracked, there ain't no going back. I'm so. <laughs> say the same. I hate. Oh, because you, yeah, you can you can kind of repair a dog ear, and it doesn't look as you can't see it when it's on your shelf. So then, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. the opposite to both of you. I don't <laughs> mind, but like the spine breaking of a book, as long as it's not so broken that it's like really floppy. Yeah. Oh, well, I then think... when it's like right through the author's name and the title name, but I like oh. the look of those books on my shelf. No, yeah, I heard some people say that it looked well read, but to me, it just looks nah. nah, nah. <laughs> That's literally what looks I was describing. I don't mind it because it. Lo- I like having books that are well read and looking at them, being like, "Yes, I've read this." Yes. You can tell I read these books, and I don't just have them to display them. No, it ruins. That's it ruins. Book. Ruins a book for sure. Would you rather read a book with an annoying cliffhanger or one where your character is killed off? Oh, mm, that's an interesting one. I'd say I'd rather have an annoying cliffhanger because I'd hope for a sequel. <laughs> but if they kill, if they kill your favorite character off, that's it. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd probably say an annoying cliffhanger. It would be annoying, but I just have to wait, or I just make up my own. my head but killing off a character that you've got attached to um might be a bit too much yeah I think I'd have to agree I'm the opposite again (laughs) (laughs) my problem is if there's a book which has an annoying cliffhanger and then there's not a sequel it really annoys me yeah whereas if like your favorite character dies off as much as I don't want them to die off, it kind of feels like the book has come to a happy end. And if there's a sequel, then there's a sequel. But if there's an annoying cliffhanger and a sequel isn't written. That's true. I think it depends on if there's a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That has a big influence on it because, yeah, killing off your character is an ending. Maybe not the ending you wanted, but at least it's some sort of conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather have dinner with your favourite author or your favourite character? Ooh. Um, I'd say favourite author, just because I'd want to know more about the writing style, what gave you the idea for this, when are you going to release this, <laughs> whereas like a, fic- a fictitious character, like, you know, it could be anything that you want to make them, whereas an author is like, you know, a real human being who can give you definitive answers, whereas your main character could disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't decide between those two. I'm not sure. Which is the favourite character that you're thinking of meeting? That's what, that's what I'm struggling with. I can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think you make a very good point. I think it's going to have to be Orsber because you can ask them, like, their vision for the character and how they imagine like, they to be, whereas 
Because they're the creator. I guess there's kind of like a bit of a meta confusion that like if you meet the fictional character, like are they aware they're a fictional character? Or is it going to be like Buzz and Light, Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story? Where you <laughs> I thought when I when I asked you like, oh, which favorite character are you thinking of? I was there, like, is she going to say one of those magic fairies? To be fair, those would be very exciting to me. Sorry, I would happy to meet them. I'd be yeah. happy to meet those fairies. Definitely. Um, I think yeah, I think I'm going to have to go author actually. But right, you Krishna. Author, right, yeah. easily because like Emma, like well, technically both of you are saying it's like meeting a real person. You can actually talk about the process that goes into like writing a book and what was going through the author's mind when they wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Is that all of the would you rather? Yeah, we'll, do, we'll leave it. Every week we do a little quiz. Um, sometimes it's book related, sometimes it's musical related, sometimes it's both. This week we're going to do a bookish quiz, which is going to be led by Tilly. And it's me against M to see who can do better. <laughs> um, I'm nervous. The first stage of this is that you need a buzzer. <laughs> yeah, a buzzer. A buzzer. A buzzer noise. To make a noise, basically. <laughs> I'll, I'll clap. I'll clap my hands. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to yell beep. <laughs> As if you're swearing. <laughs> okay, I have only got I've only got three questions this week because okay. I was limiting it from um, the musical one as well. Uh, I feel like we didn't address the fact that M is not as big as musical fan as we are, and that is why this week's episode <laughs> is most, which is really nice. It's a change change of tune. We like it. We love to see it. But in case you were wondering why Krishna and I weren't singing this week, that is why. Because <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, there's no musical content. Sorry, musical fans. <laughs> That's okay. I think everyone's heard us singing for three weeks now. They can miss that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be missed. Okay, so I've got three terrible descriptions, basically. Um, I don't know how terrible they are, actually. It's quite hard to try and make something sound bad. Okay, so the first one is um, a sibling commits a deadly crime. Beep. Krishna? My sister, the serial killer. Very good. I haven't even read that. I read that. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> it's so <laughs> hard. That was, that was so literal as well. But, oh, yeah, it's okay. So... It's a very unique little book. It's yeah. a very unique story. I've got it. It sounded good. Okay. Um, second one. Some OAPs have a not-so-traditional weekly gathering. <laughs> Yeah, clap. I'm clapping. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday Murder Club, Very which good. I DNF. Oh, really? Sorry, guys. Oh. Yeah, I just had to know. I really like Richard Osman and I really love Code Mysteries, Murder Mysteries, but I got like maybe 100 pages in and I just thought, nah, not for me. Ooh, but the, another one's coming out, I think. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, by Richard Osman. I haven't read. Yeah. Oh, it's a green cover this time. He's churning them out. Yeah, the second one. I haven't read the Thursday Murder Club yet, but I wanted to read it since it came out and I just haven't bought it yet because I don't know why. I literally have no explanation for why I haven't bought it yet. 
That's actually, that's really interesting that you said that, actually, Emily, because I bought, I haven't read it either, actually. I'm going to read it, but I bought it for my dad because him and I are both really big fans of Richard Osman. And when he started reading it, he was like, oh, I do, you know, this is a good plot, but I really can't. He struggled to read it because he said he couldn't get Richard Osman's voice out of his head. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe that had something to do with it, actually. It does, like, when you know that they're not, an author they're a celebrity you know what that celebrity is like yeah like them writing this is a bit strange like I really want to read Graham Norton's books I have a few probably gonna download on my kindle I'm hoping I don't have the same thing like I'm just thinking of Graham Norton (laughs) the entire time yeah okay I have one I have one question left um I don't tiebreaker yeah okay I don't know how clear this is as a description of the book but um, lots of famous people are saying thank you. <laughs> lots of famous people are saying thank you. Um, yeah. Is that is that the book about like dear NHS? Yeah. Thank you NHS. Yeah. Oh. oh, I haven't read that yet. I want to. <laughs> okay, well, and lots of famous one. people. I know. I was trying to think like not too obvious. Um, no, I love that book. It's just so cute. I kind of dip in and out of it. I've not even finished it yet but it's one of my favourites. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those books that you don't need to read straight in one setting though. Definitely. I mean, it, it makes me, like, already, I mean, I'm about halfway through probably, but, yeah, I dip in and out of it whenever. I just, like, fancy reading a little story because some of them are maybe, like, maximum four or five pages. Some of them are literally only one page. Um, but, yeah, like, it's made me laugh and it's made me cry. So it's just a really interesting and great book. And you learn, it, like, I learned a lot about lots of different celebrities and, like, health problems and stuff like that. It's just very interesting. I very much recommend. Um, but, yeah, M has won. Well done. <laughs> I win. Okay, so moving on to the last, last bit of the podcast. So this segment is the cheesy segment that we like to call On the Same Page. <laughs> um <laughs> And so in this section, if you're new, you don't know what it is, we basically have a statement and then we all decide whether we're on the same page about it. And so this week, the statement is fake stickers on books. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all going to be on the same page about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I hate them. Come on, what are they playing at? Why are they necessary? Why are they necessary? Like... But would you rather have a book which has got a fake sticker on it or a book which has got a sticker that's really hard to take off? Oh, that's so true. Because I hate it when you... Yeah, they are just... And you peel it off and it's just, like, sticky residue. I hate it. Yeah. I think the fake stickers as well, they never usually even contribute in much to the book. No. Like, it's always about now a major Netflix series. Yes, oh, my God, it's so irritating. Top top Richard and Judy book club pick or something. (laughs) It's like, you'd know this. You know this already. No, I hate Richard and Judy. We stand Richard and Judy. But, like, they, they, it doesn't add anything to the book. Like, you would know that, like, if you were, you know, you'd understand it's a Netflix series or it's a book club, you know, favourite. Like, you'd understand that. So having a fake sticker, like, can you imagine this beautiful cover of Mexican Gothic being ruined by a sticker? <laughs> I think Dear Edward had a sticker on it, but it was one that was quite easy to remove. But, like, if you look closely, you can see, like, the sticker residue in the corner. Yeah, the, the white room. kind of... It's, like, very, very faint, and you wouldn't notice it unless you knew there was a sticker there. But, um, 
There's also one on the back which I can't get off. Oh, that's really irritating. It's just it, irritating. I don't know who likes fake stickers. Where are these people? So, would you rather have a fake sticker or would you rather have a sticker that's really hard to take off? I think a sticker that's hard to take off because at least get rid of it somewhat. Mm. But um, it's just so, especially when like the sticker's just like, oh, from the author of previous book they wrote, and I'm like, well, I know that because I read exactly. Why I'm picking this one up? Like, see. <laughs> doesn't add anything to it it's so annoying and when people get so angry about it like book lovers get so angry about it like I can't think of someone who doesn't hate them so why who in and I mean, the world is allowing this to happen <laughs> For what it's all it's it's all like information that you could just put on the actual blurb yeah. like in text like you don't need to put it in a little circle you could just put now a major Netflix series yeah you know author of this book so to have it right on the front cover like they, these publishers just don't think of the bookstagram aesthetic and they're, <laughs> they're doing. They just don't think how they're ruining our pretty pictures. <laughs> no, and that should be a concern. It should be. <laughs> oh God, I yeah, know that's so irritating. So I think it's safe to say we are on the same page that none of us like fake stickers. Yeah, I think we. I think it's safe to say that we loathe fake stickers. Loathe <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they are the base. We'd rather have the fake. We'd rather have the hard to get off stickers because eventually they will all disappear. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, sorry. Okay, that's all from us this week. Um, thank you so much to M for coming on. We've had so much fun chatting and i hope everyone here thank you for having me yeah i'm so glad thank you for you've been such a wonderful guest um hope everyone's enjoyed the episode and i hope you all have a good week and join us next weekend for another episode of on the same page i have been matilda at tales and cups of tea <laughs> and i've been krishna at completely novel and i have been um from reading in blue and stay tuned because in a couple of weeks we have a super special episode that we're very excited for this is very true. I want to know what this is. I'm excited. So super secret and we're very super excited. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Bye.